This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Hallelujah. It's awesome to be in the house of the Lord. And uh, man, it's, you know, we were just singing, holy is the Lord. And, and sometimes, uh, we, you know, we, we know that, but we don't fully recognize that. Because holy means set apart. And, you know, when something's set apart for a specific thing or or it's just better than you don't you don't just you don't just throw it in with everything else. You know, you've got your fine china and you got one of my personal favorites, the paper plate and the red solo cup. Now, I, the red solo cup and the paper plates, those are good for a lot of uses. But uh, but, you know, there's some occasions that those just won't do. You got to have something that's special. And in in our lives, you know, the Lord has to be set apart. There has to be. Uh, you know, our time with Him, there has to be uh, just a, a holiness. You have to recognize that that God's not like everybody else. God's not like everyone else. He's holy, and uh, and He's He's special in our lives. And I know you guys know that. Well, the title tonight is this: Never Quit, Never Quit. And I can tell you this much: I appreciate somebody that's not a quitter. I appreciate somebody that even though it may be seem impossible, even though it may seem like the biggest thing they've ever faced in their life, they just won't quit. And I appreciate somebody that, that they don't jump ship on their family, you know, their, their spouse or their children just because things get hard or whatever. I appreciate and I love people that stick with it. I love people, I love athletes that stay on the same sports team their whole career. That may sound silly, but I just, there's something about faithfulness to me that I really, really, it, it, it appeals to me, somebody that, that sticks there for the highs and the lows. And I love to read stories about, you know, people that have been married a long time, you know, and, go, and doing a lot of the funerals I do. It always just impresses me sometimes when I'll see, you know, this couple that was married for 60 years or something like that. I'm like, man. That is awesome. I imagine that all those 60 years, because I've done a few funerals where there's people married over 60 years. And and I'm like, it couldn't have been just every day was perfect. There had to have been at least a couple of bumps in the road along there somewhere. But they stuck with it. That's incredible. And, and uh, man, so I, I know that we've got an awesome church. And I mean, it's full of people that just don't quit. They just keep serving the Lord. They keep, they keep sticking with their family. They keep sticking with their church. Even, even when it's, you know, difficult, they just stick with it. Faithfulness. People that don't quit. And I'm telling you, there, there are special things ahead for somebody that refuses to quit even when life gets difficult and it isn't exactly what you had planned. And there's this quote I heard from Sir Winston Churchill, the great leader in World War II of Great Britain. He said, when you are going through hell, keep on moving. Don't stay there. Never, ever, ever give up. And I know some people, they're like, it seems like life's all gone to, you know, gone to pot. And, and it's just, well, and they, they just stay there. I mean, if you got a flat tire, fix it and keep going. You know, don't stay there. Don't don't get stuck in that spot and just give up. And well, it's all over with now. Fix the situation and keep going. But for the love of God, don't quit. 
do not quit. And I know a lot of people that they've been through some difficult times. They, I know a lot of you guys, you, you've been through some hard stuff, but you didn't quit. And that is one of the, one of the best testimonies that I can ever hear is somebody that just remained faithful. They just stuck with it and they never, ever quit. And they made it through the situation because there's this old quote that I've heard and I love it says that tough times don't last. But tough people do. And whatever our situation is, we got to realize that it's not a permanent situation. No matter what storm we go through, you know, I've seen storms, you've seen storms. The thing about a storm is it doesn't stay forever. The sun eventually does come back out. You know, we were driving down to Apple Valley yesterday to take a, one of the kids' friends home. From, and, uh, I mean, there, there was some pretty legit rain for our, for our desert area here, you know. And, and, and after a while, though, the storm passed and the sun came out and everything was back to normal. And, and it's the same way in life. But it's, the sad thing is some people, they see the storm and they just, well, that's it. I'll quit. I'm just walking out on it. I'm walking out on, on And that's the wrong thing to do because I promise you, Storms are temporary, aren't they? Tough times don't last, but tough people do. And I love tough people that stick with it and never, ever, ever give up. And so I, I'm going to be probably kind of brief tonight. I, I don't have a lot of notes here, um, but I'm going to speak from the heart. And I've got some verses to share. And I believe that God's going to he's going to minister to us. He's going to encourage us. Amen. So let's go ahead and open in prayer and we're going to get to this. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you so much for uh, just the amazing people that we have here in this church tonight, Lord. Tough people that, that have not quit, Lord. People that have stuck with you, stuck with each other, stuck with their church, God. I, I pray a blessing upon them in the name of Jesus for their faithfulness. And Lord, I pray tonight that as we look at the word of God, as we look at these scriptures, Lord, from your heart, that you'll minister to us, you'll encourage us, you'll build us up, and we're going to leave here stronger than ever before. We thank you and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, a few things to say tonight. Number one is this, and you got to realize that everybody has mountains to face. Everybody has mountains that they've got to face. And there's, there's situations that you have to face them head on and you have to overcome them. Because if you run away now, they're still going to be in your way when you try to move forward in life. There are things that, that you are just going to have to overcome. Because everybody, nobody is exempt from not having issues and problems. Everyone has mountains to face. I want to look at a verse that we looked at Wednesday night uh, in our message. And it's this, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13. And uh, I'm going to look at this first of all in the King James. Then I'm going to look at it in the NLT. But first of all, in the King James, 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13. And the point of this verse, as you'll see, is that everybody has battles, has problems that they have to face. And your problem is not unique to you. You're not the only one that's ever had to fight your battle. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 First of all, in the King James, it says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. 
But God is faithful. That's good news. God is faithful. He will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. And so it says right there that there's no temptation that's that's come to you, that's taken you, but such as is common to man. And I mean, I know sometimes we don't want to hear that. We want people to pat us on the back and say, you know what? Nobody knows the trouble you've seen. You, you have just, you've got it worse than anybody. And, and go ahead, go ahead, do that, cry. And there's a time for that. But at the same time, don't fall into the pit of believing that you're the only one who's ever faced this trouble. Because you're not. And that's not belittling your situation, but that's just a flat out truth. You are not the only one who's ever had to face that mountain or face that giant. It says that the temptations that have taken, that have come to you are common to man. And as we said Wednesday night, this is kind of a little bit of review, but that word temptation is also a synonym of trouble. In the Greek, trouble. And so you could insert the word trouble there. The trouble, uh, there hath no trouble taking you, but such as is common to man. Now I'm going to look at this same verse in the New Living Translation. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, in the New Living Trans- Translation. The temptations or the troubles in your life are no different from what others experience. Now again, that sometimes we don't feel that way. We feel like we're the only ones that are, that are facing this. We're the only ones that have this battle that we're dealing with. And that's just simply not the truth. That's no different from what others experience. But here's the good news. Again, God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation or the trouble to be more than you can stand. But when you are tempted and troubled, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Endure is a beautiful word. Endure is a good word because that means you're not a quitter. And I thought about it and I was thinking about this the other day, you know, there's a lot of things that, you know, I prefer to not be called in life. I prefer to not be called a, you know, a loser or whatever. But I would rather be called a loser than a quitter. I never want somebody to be able to say, that guy's a quitter. When it gets tough, you know that he is not going to come through. He's going to quit when it gets tough. And I know people like that. I know, and you do too. People that, that it may seem like, oh, these are, wow, this guy's got it together. But you know, when it comes crunch time, they're going to quit on you. I do not ever want that to be able to be said about me that, well, you know, he, he was good a bit, but you know he's a quitter. He'll quit when it gets tough on you. And there's some people that's just, you can count on. That's their reputation. That's their track record. When it gets hard, they quit. Never let that be said about you. I'm, I'm a, you know, if they say, well, you know, he came up short against this team or, you know, if we're talking about sports or whatever, but at least he didn't quit. I can live with that. But I cannot live with being called a quitter. I cannot be a quitter. And you're not going to be a quitter either. And so, again, it says right here that these trials and troubles are no different than what others experience. But the good news is that God is faithful. Wouldn't it be bad if that wasn't in that verse right there? The troubles in your life are no different than what others experience. Period. No, 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 that's it. That's the end of the verse. If what, if, what if that was the end of that verse? Wouldn't that just stink? Well, it's bad everywhere, so hey, good luck. I don't know what to tell you, but times are tough everywhere. No! It says, God is faithful. 
He's not going to allow that temptation or that trouble to be more than you can stand. But when it comes, he will show you the way, the way out of it so you can endure. And so quit feeling sorry for yourself. You've got to stop feeling sorry for yourself. Because once you start feeling sorry for yourself, you get out of faith. You get out of faith. And that's a dangerous situation to be in because we are called to walk by faith, not by sight. And in numerous verses in the Bible, it says the just or the righteous shall live by faith. That's our whole life. If I don't have faith, I've got nothing. Faith is how we live our whole life is based upon faith. And if we fall into the situation of, well, nobody knows this, man. I, I've, I've just been through this and, and no one else can even relate to what I'm going through. That's a lie from hell. Don't believe it. And don't feel sorry for yourself. If you'll recall, you don't turn there, but in, in Numbers chapter 13, Moses sends these 12 spies out to spy out the promised land. He sends one from each of the 12 tribes of Israel and they go out and they're to go scout out the land. You remember this. And and so 10 of them come back and say, oh, man, it is beautiful. It's everything. It's heaven on earth. It's a dream come true. But. There's giants. And a lot of people today say that they they look at what could be, then they get their butt in the way. They say, oh, it's beautiful, but. There's more qualified people than me. It it, it this really would solve all of my troubles, but. It's not going to happen, so I'm just going to stop right there. And a lot of times we are like that. And these ten people, because we know Joshua and Caleb, they came back and said, Oh man, hey, yeah, it's awesome. There's giants. We can beat them. Then we can go take their houses. It's going to be great. And, and so Joshua and Caleb, they had a whole different outlook on it. But these ten people, they spread their bad attitude and their fear throughout about three million people. And, and we had, and, and everybody was, they broke out in tears and weeping. It says the men cried all night long, weeping out loud, crying all night long when they heard what these ten guys had to say. Because they started feeling sorry for themselves. They said, isn't this, this is a sad, sad story. You know, God brings you out of slavery and does all this only to get you there. And you can't even have what you really thought you could have. And that's what they were saying about themselves. And they felt sorry for themselves. And I'm a compassionate individual. I really am. And, I, and you know, you guys are too. We're compassionate people. And we feel mercy. And, and, and we want to help people in their situation. But that's not going to get you out of your situation. Just somebody feeling bad for you. What's going to get you out of your situation is getting in the Word of God and choosing to not quit. Amen. Let's look at Psalm 34. Psalm 34. So everybody has mountains they have to face. Psalm 34. And we're going to look at verse 19. And of course, you have to have Mark 11, 22 through 24 on your speed dial. You, you need to have that. I'm not even going there tonight. But Mark 11, 22 through 24 because it tells you you can tell that mountain be removed and cast into the sea. And if you believe in your heart and say with your mouth, listen, the mountain will be thrown into the sea. But here we are, Psalm 34 and verse 19. And Psalm 34 is a good, good chapter of the Bible. You need to just, you need to know Psalm 34. I'm, I'm telling you that right now. This is 
an incredible passage of the Bible, Psalm 34. But I'm just going to look at verse 19, though we could look at all 22 verses and be totally fine. But let's look at verse 19, Psalm 34, 19. And it tells you this. I'm in the New Living right here. It says, the righteous person faces many troubles. Well, I'd like it if it said the righteous person never faces any troubles, but it doesn't say that. It does say the righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. Look at that. The righteous, hey, they face many troubles. I've faced many troubles. You have faced many troubles, but I can promise you that this verse is true. Every single time that I've had a trouble, the Lord came to my rescue. Every single time. Every time. And, and we have to realize that, that when trouble comes, we could just quit and, and, and well, no, no, I don't know what I'm going to do. But you, listen, the Lord's coming to my rescue. He's going to get me out of this one because I'm not going to quit. I am not going to quit. And I tell you this, if, if you're not going to quit, the devil's going to eventually have to quit. Somebody's got to quit. And it's not going to be me. And it's not going to be you. We're going to stand our ground and fight the good fight of faith. And so, yes, the righteous person there, they face many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue every single time. Do not quit. When you're going through hell, don't stay there. Keep moving. So everyone has mountains they've got to face. But number two, keep climbing. Keep on going. We're talking about climbing the mountain, not quitting. Keep on going. And you have to, you have to be at this place in your life where, you know what, I'm, I'm not turning back. I, I've thrown every, there is no plan B. You know what I mean? If you're like, well, God's plan A, but in case He doesn't pan through, I've got plan B right over here. No, there's no plan B. It's God or nothing. And I like this story I read about Napoleon, the, the, the conqueror. They went, and I, I think they had gone, I don't want to say the wrong country, but I, I know somewhere in the Great Britain area. And so they were going to take over and conquer. And so he sent, they land their ships on the beach there. He sends his troops up the hill. And then he has a couple guys run back and burn all of their ships. All of them. And he told them, listen, the ships are gone. The only way you're going home is if you beat the enemy and take their ships back home. There is no return. You either win or you die. I'm like, wow, that's, you know, that's, that's gutsy. And it worked. That was enough. They were, they went home eventually and it was in the enemy ships that they conquered. And some of us, you need to just burn the boat, leave that past behind. Uh, uh, that's gone. God is it. He's plan A, B, C, D. He is the only option that I have. If he doesn't come through, then I'm over with. But thank God. He always comes through, so that's not even a worry. But listen to me. Keep on going. Keep on climbing. Now, I think we're all probably familiar with this story of the woman with the issue of blood. You've heard of her. In fact, Dad preached on her, I think, last Sunday night. But let's look over at Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. And I want to look at her story. Because here's a woman that definitely could have quit. She didn't have it easy. She didn't just have everything handed to her. Mark chapter 5. Let's look at this lady. Mark chapter 5. And we're going to look at verses 28 through 34. Mark chapter 5. Verses 28 through 34. But I know this much. God has brought me way too far to quit now. Way too far. 
There's no returning. I've put everything I have into this. And you have too. You've thrown all of it. And you put all your eggs in one basket. You know the old saying, don't put all your... That's, hey, I did it. And, and that basket is God. So Mark chapter 5. We're going to look here at verses 28 through 34. And this is the story of this woman with the issue of blood. So check this out. Mark chapter 5. Verse 28 in the NLT here, it says, A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. Now, obviously, that's a rough situation. That is, that's, that's terrible. 12 years. 12 years. Constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors. And over the years, she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she got worse. So here she is. Twelve years, no cure, and now she's all out of money. She's all out of everything. But she had heard about Jesus. Amen. Has anybody in here ever heard about Jesus? You heard of him? Amen. Well, we have heard about Jesus, but so did she. So she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. And immediately... Immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. And Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask? Who touched me? And can you imagine that? Have you ever been in a crowded situation? Maybe on a bus or something? Or, or you know, the I've been on subways and stuff like that. And you're just crowded person to person. And it'd be kind of silly to say, who touched me? Well, everyone here touched me. I mean, everybody's bumping into me. That, what does this mean? Who touched me? But look at this. Jesus said, who touched me? Verse 32. But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. Look at that. And so we've said this many times before, but I'm going to say it again. There was a lot of people that touched Jesus that day, but only one touched him in faith. And even to this day, there's a lot of people reaching out for Jesus and touching and grabbing and, and, and grasping for Jesus. But when somebody does it in faith, those are the ones that get the miracle they need. Those are the ones. It's not enough to just have a problem. You've got to reach out in faith because everybody's got problems. But those that reach out in faith and never, ever quit... They're the ones that get the miracle. And can you imagine this lady? She had tried every doctor, it said. She had spent all of her money. And, and someone says, well, there's this Jesus coming through. He heals people. She, she could have said, well, I mean, I, I've tried everything else. I don't, well, I'm not even going to bother. What's this guy? He's not even a doctor. He's not even a doctor. He's, I, that man's never been to medical school. You know, I, I, I don't know. Uh, why, why would I even try this? But she went for it anyway. And she reached out in faith and she said to herself, if I could just touch him, I'm going to be healed. What if we had that attitude and said, you know, yes, tried this, tried that, but I'm going to touch Jesus. I'm going to reach out. for, And I know that if I just touch him, I'm going to be healed. I'm going to be cured. This problem is going to be over with. 
But you have to believe. You have to believe. And we've said that so many times. But you have to do it all in faith. And so, I briefly mentioned the children of Israel. But I want to look back at their story for just a second here. And I want you to flip with me to Exodus chapter 14 for just a minute. Exodus 14, because this is a prime New Testament example that we just read about somebody not giving up. But now I want to look at something here in the Old Testament. In Exodus chapter 14, you have to keep on going. Exodus 14, and we're going to look here at verses 10 through 12. Exodus 14, verses 10 through 12. And we're right here where we're at in this story. Pharaoh had finally let the children of Israel go. After ten plagues, it took ten plagues. That guy was a very hard-hearted man. Very hard-headed man. And it took ten plagues. And finally that last one of all the, the firstborn sons of Egypt dying, he finally let the people go. But after they go, he changes his mind again and says, wait a minute, we're going to have to do our own work if we don't have, we need these, we need these people to be our, so they chase them down again. And so here we are, Exodus chapter 14, and we're going to look here at verses 10 through 12. It says, as Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord and they said to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Woo! That's a bad attitude to have right there. A few minutes ago, he was the hero. And now all of a sudden, when the enemy starts chasing again, now he's the villain. Now he's the bad guy. They're blaming him. And a lot of us, we're kind of in that same, why'd you make me leave that? I was better off back there anyway. Don't ever say that. You were not better off in Egypt. You were a slave and they were killing you over there. Some people look back and, well, I know, man, but at least I had more money back then before I gave it all up for the Lord. I, and I mean, I, some of the, I hear some people that have been saved and, and I, I don't get it. I don't know why you would ever look back to Egypt. Why would you ever look back there? And some people, I tell you what, man, I, I don't do it anymore. Woo, back, back in the day, man, I, I could put down some booze. I could really put down my, I'm like, do you realize how much of a fool you sound like right now? Bragging about that junk? That's, why would you even want to think about that, man? You were dying and going to hell and Egypt was beating your brains out. But you want to look back and, well, no, I wouldn't do it now, but woo. Or my, one of my favorites, a lot of the guys, the macho men. Yeah, man, I, hey, um, but I, I, I was a fight. I could, I could, I mean, I've been in so many fights and, woo, I could really, I could really beat some people up. Why would you even want to think about that? That's terrible. Honestly, that's terrible to brag about your rage and how big of a fool you were. I wouldn't do it now, but, but I'm telling you, I, woo, I was one of the best. Shut up. While you were beating people up, the devil was beating your brains out and stealing your lunch. And you want to reminisce about that junk? That's awful. Never look back to Egypt. Never, ever, ever look back to Egypt. And here these guys are, as soon as the pressure comes on, oh, we are better off back there. At least there was graves to bury us in. We're going to die out here now and we're just going to be laying in dead in the desert. Why would you say something like that? That's an awful attitude to have. 
And so you can look down here at verse uh, verse 12. Didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. We said, let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. That's what they were saying to Moses, the man that had just risked his life to save them. What a terrible, terrible attitude. But look down here at verse 13. Moses handled it better than I would have. Moses said this. Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. We've been through this ten times. We've been, because they could have said that. Seriously, Moses could have said that. They had been through this ten times. Ten times. Pharaoh said, okay guys, go. And then he changed his mind. And maybe you've, you've been, you've fought that mountain ten times in your life. But Moses made this declaration and said, this is the last time. The Egyptians you see today, this is the last time you'll ever see them. They will never be seen by you again. Wow, what if, I mean, what if, what if in your life you've, you've fought the same battle 10, 15 different times and here you are getting ready, you know what, I should have just died last time. And here I, but what if God's saying to you, the Egyptians you see today, this is the final battle. This is it. You will never deal with them again. And that's what God said through Moses to these people. And verse 14 is one of my favorite verses in all the Bible. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Don't ruin it by going nuts. Don't ruin it by having a meltdown and a panic attack. Just stay calm. And let God be God. Let God do His job and you stay out of the way. Just believe. Just stay in faith. And don't quit. The Lord Himself. He's not even sending somebody else this time. The Lord Himself will fight for you. Just stay calm and do not quit. And isn't it amazing when you have a leader like that in your life? When you're getting, you're, you're just about to, to just have a complete meltdown and the leader says, stop it. Stay calm. Do not quit. The Lord himself is going to fight this one. David said that when he was facing Goliath. Goliath was talking all this trash to him and said, you're man, you're a dog. I'm going to kill you and feed you to the birds, man. And David said, stop it. No, this battle is the Lord's. And you have to have that same attitude. If the battle is yours, good luck. (laughs) I don't know what else to say. If you've taken it into your own hands and now it's your battle, hey, good luck. I don't know what else to say. But in my life, I don't want to have any battles of my own. I don't want to fight my own battles. I want to say the battle is the Lord's. The Lord himself is fighting this one for me. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to I'm going to hang in there. But this is the Lord's battle. And he wins every single time, every single time. And so Moses tells the people, calm down. The Lord himself will fight for you. You just need to stay calm and don't quit. And so let's look down here at verse 21. Verse 21. So, so Moses gets them all calmed down. And look at this. Verse 21. Then Moses raised his hand over the sea, and the Lord opened up a path 
through the water with a strong east wind. The wind blew all that night, turning the seabed into dry land. So the people of Israel walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground with walls of water on each side. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine walking through a sea and the waters just standing up? Like a wall on each side. I mean, I wonder what that would have looked like. Could you stick your hand in there? I mean, what what did that look? But walls of water, probably hundreds of feet tall on each side. And they're just walking right through. And it's dry. There's not even mud. There's not even mud. And they're walking right through there with their horses, their wives, their kids, their, their, their chariots or whatever it is, their wagons. They're walking through there on dry ground because... They decided to let God fight the battle. What if they had decided to fight it themselves? And I look back on some of the battles in my life that I've won. And I'm like, man, what if I had decided to take that into my own hands and not let God have it? Thank God that when we let him take the battle, he always wins. Look at verse 26. And so they made it through there. The Israelites made it through. But then verse 26, when all the Israelites had reached the other side, the Lord said to Moses, raise your hand over the sea again. Then the waters will rush back and cover the Egyptians and their chariots and charioteers. So as the sun began to rise, Moses raised his hand over the sea and the water rushed back into its usual place. The Egyptians tried to escape, but the Lord swept them into the sea. Then the waters returned and covered all the chariots and charioteers, the entire army of Pharaoh. Of all the Egyptians who had chased the Israelites into the sea, not a single one survived. God promised them this is the last time. If you don't quit and you hang in there, this is the last time you're going to have to face the Egyptians. And it's true. They never dealt with the Egyptians again. They had more battles they had to fight and win, but that was it. The Egyptians were gone forever. What if they had quit? What if in your life you quit? And God's saying, I know you face, I know that you fought this before and, and overcome, but I'm telling you, the Egyptians, the, the, whatever it is in your life will never be seen again. What if he's saying that to you? Don't quit now. I like it. Some that Thomas Edison said, he said, many of life's failures are people who did not realize how close they were to success when they gave up. Many of life's failures are people who did not realize how close they were to success when they gave up. They were right there and they quit. Albert Einstein said, it's not that I'm smarter than everyone else. It's just that I stay with problems longer than anyone else. He said, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, even though, I mean, maybe he was. But at the same time, it's not that I'm smarter than everyone else. I just stick with problems longer than anyone else. I don't give up. I don't quit. And what about in your life? Do you quit when it gets hard? Do you quit when things don't go your way? What is it? Don't quit. So the third thing is this, is that you have to realize that you can't quit. Why? Because you have to always know that God is able and God is willing. God is able and God is willing. It's God's will for you to win. You do, you do realize that, right? It's God's will for you to win. God is on your side. And I, sometimes you gotta remind yourself of that. Wait a minute. God's on my side. What am I afraid of? 
God's not on that side. God's not on, on the enemy side. God's on my, God is on my, God's on my team. That's really good news. Because if God was against me, that would be bad. But he's not. He's on my side. That's good news right there. Let's look at Romans chapter 8, verses 31 and 37. Romans 8, verses 31 and 37. And I'm going to read this in the King James again. Romans 8, verse 31 and verse 37. Man, this is some good stuff right here. You need to know these verses. This is exciting. Now, if you're a quitter, this may not mean much to you. But if you're not a quitter, this is exciting news. Romans 8 and verse 31, it says, What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Who can even be against us? Think about that. Who, who would be dumb enough to fight against God? Now, the enemy, he may try to, but if God is for you, who, what could be against you and possibly win? In verse 37, chapter 8, verse 37, it says, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. That's, man, that's awesome. I, I would, I'd probably be content to just be a conqueror. Honestly, I mean, I would, I would, I'd be cool. Hey, there's some great conquerors in history. You got Alexander the Great, you got old Cortez, you got, you got, uh, I mean, there's some great conquerors that were really powerful. And it would be great to be compared to them. But the Lord tells us, no, you're better than that. You are more than a conqueror. You're better than that. You're stronger than that. You are more than a conqueror. Never ever, ever give up. Conquerors don't quit. They burn the boat that brought them there and say, I'll get home, but it's not going to be in that boat. It's going to be on the one I took from the enemy. Burn the stinking boat. Get out there and fight the battle and win. Let's look at Psalm 146. Psalm 146, man. I'm about, I'm about to get in a good mood here, so look out. Psalm 146. Now, I spend a considerable amount of time in the Psalms every day. I, I, of course, the New Testament is, is key to your victory. But I do read a lot of Psalms. I love Psalms. Psalm 146. And I'm going to look at verses 3 through 8. Psalm 146, verses 3 through 8. And, and this is, this is awesome right here. You, you, you need this reminder. Maybe you already know this. You probably already know it, but you need this reminder. Psalm 146. I'm in the New Living here and I'm going to read verses 3 through 8. It says, Don't put your confidence in powerful people. There's no help for you there. Think about that. There's a lot of even Christians they're like, well, if I could just get this guy on my side, then I'll, I'll be okay. Or, or, you know what? It'll be okay because I've got this guy as, you know, the guy I voted for is in office and, 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 and that's a dangerous trap. Don't put your confidence in powerful people. There's no help for you there. How many people put more confidence in other humans than they do in God? Honestly, think about that. There's a lot of people. I don't care who's in charge. I don't care who the president is, who the governor is. It makes no difference to me. Of course, I want godly people. But either way, I'm okay. Because God's on my side. Either way. 
you get that, right? I see people flipping out about all this politics and stuff. Shut up. God's on the throne, man. God, and he's on your side. Dear Lord. Verse 4. The, the, the most powerful person in the world. Verse 4. When they breathe their last, they return to the earth and all their plans die with them. All the great people that have ever lived in the history of the world, they're dead now and their plans died with them. The conquerors, Alexander, Napoleon, Cortez, all these people, you know, very powerful men, they're dead now. They're dead now. But look at this, verse 5. But joyful are those who have the God of Israel as their helper, whose hope is in the Lord their God. Is there anybody in here tonight that has the God of Israel as their helper? That's my helper. That's my helper. And that's where my hope is. My hope is not in some person. My hope is in God. He made heaven and earth the sea and everything in them, and He keeps every promise forever. Wow. He keeps every promise forever. You have got to get that revelation in your heart. Well, I've been standing on this verse for you. That's fine. That's fine. God's going to keep His promise. He's not going to lie to you. God is not a man that He should lie. What does that mean? Human beings lie. Every single one of them. That's just the truth. Everybody at some point has lied. God has never lied. He's not a human being. God cannot lie. He does not lie and He cannot lie. He keeps every promise forever. Verse 7. He gives justice to the oppressed and food to the hungry. The Lord frees the prisoners. Verse 8. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are weighed down. Why is that? The Lord loves the godly. I love that. The Lord loves the godly. Are there any godly people in this house tonight? I know there are. You raise your hand. That's not conceited. That's not arrogant. That's just the truth. You're godly. You're righteous. You're holy people. And there's nothing wrong with admitting that. I'm not going to deny that fact. Yes, I'm a righteous person. The Bible said that, that I have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And it's not because I'm so good. It's because Jesus is so good that he came and died for somebody like me and said that I could be brought right into the family of God. I don't even have to sneak in the back door to get to heaven. I can go right through the front gates with boldness and I can approach the throne of God with boldness. I don't have to timidly go, oh, Lord, don't don't strike me now. Don't don't be mad. I just want to ask you something, God. No, I can walk boldly right in to God's throne room and say, God, your son David's here, and I just want to talk to you for a few minutes. Can I ask you for something? And he's not going to get mad. He's not going to say, "Man, get out! Who do you think you are?" He's not going to say that. I'm his son. A father doesn't do that to the son. Get out of here. No, a father. Man, come on in there. Let's talk. Let's do this. You're, or, 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 or that's my daughter right there. Come on in. Yeah, I want to talk to you. You have every right to be there. You have every right to be in the throne room because you're a son and you're a daughter of God. And God is your helper. God is on your side. Why would I quit? Why would I quit? And so my encouragement for everybody that's in here tonight, and again, this isn't the deepest thing in the world, but I wish more people realize this truth. 
I wish there were a lot more people that had the revelation in their heart that no matter what happens, I am not going to quit. I'm not going to quit because even though I don't see the answer just yet, it's here. It's coming. It's here. God's going to take care of every situation if I just wait for him. If those that wait on the Lord, a lot of people, they, they jump ship before they don't wait on the Lord. Just stop for a minute. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Don't flip out. Just stay calm. And so tonight, whatever it is you're facing, refuse to quit. Because somebody's got to quit. And it's not going to be you. It's going to be the devil. You're not going to quit. And you're going to overcome because you're more than a conqueror. Conquerors don't quit. And more than conquerors definitely don't quit. So keep this on your heart. Keep this on your mind. Keep the word in your mouth that you are coming through. You are overcoming and you're not quitting on God. You're not quitting on your family. You're not quitting on your church. You're not quitting on yourself. You are sticking with it and you're going to see the victory and you're going to make it to the top of that mountain. And you're going to look down and say, oh man, that was, I can't believe that ever scared me. You're going to be on top of the mountain. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand up together. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.